I'm excited about the Lord and the good things of God is happening. We're going to share something with us this morning, Luke 11 and 1. I didn't know our Sunday school class was going to touch on that when the Lord gave me this. I sort of had to change the message that I was going to preach. But it said, teach us to pray. Now, Jesus is not here on this earth, but the Holy Ghost is. He'll teach us and lead us and guide us in all truth. I want to share with you that starting today, every day of the week, pray for the Sunday school teachers. There should not be routine in our lives. Jesus was no routine person. Hardly ever any miracle he did the same. The Sunday school teachers, or all teachers, need to hear the wind blowing in the mulberry tree. You need to hear that because you may need to change to what the head's got to say. He is the head, and he wants to rule the body. Can y'all going to make a commitment to do that? They're teaching your children. They're teaching the t nursery workers back there. They need to hear from God. Okay? I want you to pray every day for the praise and worship team that they would pick the song that God wants to hear. Not necessarily us. Well, that's my favorite song. Let it be God's favorite song. Let them pick the song that God gives them. And when they're up here, they may need to shift gears and hear the mulberry wind blowing. You say, what is that? That's the presence of God. He gives you your lesson, but sometimes he wants to change your routine. I remember a message Brother Leo Garrison preached many, many years ago. He told Linnell one day, he said, I'm tired of this routine habit. He said, I shave this face side every time, but I'm going to start shaving the left side. And tonight we're going to change slide to the bed. I'm tired of sleeping on this side. I want you to sleep on that side. If you want your life to change, you need to change your routines. You got to change your routine. And I want you to pray for Brother Don when he's up here. I don't care what they got scheduled, the wind blowing in the mulberry tree. They may have to change. And when we learn to change and go with the Spirit of God, something miraculous takes place in our lives. I want you to pray every day for whoever stepped behind his pulpit. They hear the wind of God blowing in the mulberry tree. Sometimes you need your notes. As Brother Shelton Young says, you need those notes when the Lord don't appear because you want to fall through the floor. But if the Lord appears, you can forget all that. So teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Not just a Pharisee prayer, just the same old routine prayer, but a prayer that God ignites in our hearts to pray. He said in John 14, 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. There's only one head, there's only one teacher to teach us the things of God. We are coming into a place that we've never been before. We're in a place to see the greatest revival this world has ever witnessed. Most everybody you talk to feel like we're in the end time. We need to have a mighty revival. The 
please God every day. I am the God of yesterday. I'm the God of today. And I'm the God of tomorrow, he said. You cannot live in the yesterday's experience. You, got to, you can't live tomorrow's experience. You're going to have to live the experience that God gives you today. If he's your God yesterday, he's going to be your God today. You can't live tomorrow, but he'll be your same God tomorrow and bless you tomorrow. Teach us to pray the things of God and what God wants to hear. There's a call to pray. Prayer produces power. If you're low on power, let me encourage you to pray. Praying will increase your power. We might have to get Brother Jody and Sane, up, uh, Keenan up here, uh, something he shared with me. Praise and worship will trample the enemy under your feet. When we get in the spirit of praise and worship, I tell you, the devil, he can't be able to stand. I don't care where it's here at the house, this house, or where it's at home, or where it's driving down the road. You start praising and worshiping God, I tell you, your ill feeling is going to blow out the window because he can't stand where the presence of God is. And that brings the presence of God. A call of prayer is beneficiary. It benefits you when you pray. When you pray. David said in Psalm 23 and 28, he says this, It is good for me to draw near to God. How many want God to draw near to you? The first step, we must draw near to God. When we draw near to God, he's going to draw near to us. And David said, I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all of his good works. We ought to declare all the good works that's happening to us today. Amen? And the good things of God. How many know the good things are happening? My responsibility, I'll shift more with this at another time. My responsibility is Acts 6 and 4. My first number one duty to church and to Christ is to pray. I'm to pray more than I am to visit. I'm to pray more than I am to study the Word of God and then minister the Word. That comes next. But I must spend a lot of time, and all ministers must spend a lot of time, and don't talk about these young people can't get up in the morning. I've been into a lot of conferences. Very few adults ever shows up for prayer on, in the mornings. Very few adults shows up for the morning ministry of the Word. They, too, like to slip in. So, teach me to do what? Pray. You say, well, Brother Billy, I pray. I mean when the Lord moves on you in a special way to stop what we're doing and pray and see what God will do. He will answer our prayers. He answers prayer. Pray daily for our children. Our children in school today is going through things that you and I never even dreamed about. We need to be in constant prayer for the children in school and what they're facing today and what they're being taught. Pray all the time for labors of the harvest. The harvest is great, but there need to be labors. Our nursery is growing. How many are glad the nursery is growing? You need that. We need labors in the nursery. Is that right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is. And we appreciate all those that volunteers in there and the paid ones and how they're doing. So pray. Pray that the Jesus himself would move in there. 
2 Samuel 5 and 24, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry, in other words, when you hear the sound of the Spirit of God, that's when you move. That's when you need to change your routine of things and let the Spirit have its way in our lives, the wonderful Spirit of God. Mother Teresa wrote this. She visited a leopard colony, said, I was touched and tears came into my eyes with such great joy. As these watched these leopards, as they sang and praised the Lord, we didn't understand the language because they were singing in a different tongue. But the interpreter said, this is what they're saying over and over. Jesus, be my eyes, and Jesus, be my feet. Isn't that wonderful? You're going to a leper's camp. Some of them just eat up with leprosy, but they're singing praises unto God and the blessings unto God. So we want to sing praise unto the Lord all the time. I'm sort of reluctant to say this. I'm having a difficult time with this message this morning. But I've come to a place in my life feeling the presence of God. There should be no ups and downs. God is not an up and down God. He's the same all the time. He just is smooth and level all the time. He wants to be so strong in our lives. And people talk about, I hear so much today about talking today about my mind. Listen, you need to talk about the mind of Christ. You got the mind of Christ. Can I have an amen? We're to have the mind of Christ. We're not to have the mind of the flesh. We would have the mind of Christ ruling our life. We would have the Spirit of God ruling our lives and taking control of our lives and see what he will do in our lives, things that we never dreamed possible. Pray daily. Have a daily prayer meeting daily in the things of God. Pray going down the road. Pray on the job. Um, I think Keith and Sam is working out something that we saw a nine-minute clip of the day on Dutch Sheets. It was something that continues. I may believe it ought to be a continuous revival. Come on now. We ought to be living in a continuous revival because God wants us so blessed we cannot even imagine what, what benefits he has for our lives and the wonderful things of God. Prayer Archbishop from Dublin, Ireland, Richard Trent said, it's not overcoming God's reluctancy. It's laying hold of God's willingness to give you his promises. He's saying it's not to pray to overcome God's reluctancy to give you the promises of God. It's for you to get a hold of the promises of God. I mean, believe it, God is willing to give you all the promises of God. He, he's ready to do it. You, we, we're going to not be praying trying to get him, overcome him, but he's willing to give you everything that he has. Everything that he has belongs to who? Us. It belongs to us. So he's willing to give us these things. Luke, we want to lay hold on the things of God when? Help me out this morning. When? When do we want to lay on the hands of God? He is the God of today. I'll come to this again in a minute. Your miracle is not tomorrow. Your need is not tomorrow. I may not be here tomorrow. I'm planning on being here tomorrow. My plan is being on here tomorrow, but I may not be. But we need to live today. You can't live any other time except this moment right now. Your needs need to be met right now. Amen? 
And I want to encourage you to read the four Gospels and see every time they came to Jesus, it was immediately results. It was not put off. I'm too busy. i got to put you on hold. He wants to supply all of your needs right now. Right now. If you have a need, God wants you to have your need filled right now. We ought to want to get to the place when praise and worship is going on, people get healed. People get the Holy Ghost. People fall out on the floor. Brother Keenan can tell you some things about that, where they've been. Hallelujah. God's been filled you with the Holy Ghost when you jump up out of your pew and start to get your dry, field, dry place filled. He wants to feel that right now. He wants you to stay full. I remember when Brother Ennis Young first got the Holy Ghost, he said, clean engines run better and smoother. He just got the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost in your life will make your engine run better and run smoother. That's what he'll do. That's the plan he has for our lives. So we want to pray for that. It is your Father's good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom of God. Whatever you need this morning right now, you can get it right now. And if you don't get it right now, you can come down and get it later. But it's his good pleasure to feel you what your need is while you're sitting there right now. He wants to supply your needs, amen, in abundantly, in abundantly. He wants to make your cup overflow with the joy of the Lord and the good things of God. Amen. Matthew 19, 27, 27. 29 said, Disciples said, We have left all. Jesus, we've left all to follow you. This is what Jesus answered back and said in them, You have not forsaken all for my name's sake. You will receive a hundredfold when you get over yonder. Is that what he said? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, you, If you left all for my name's sake, you shall receive a hundredfold right now. Well, we left our friends. We left our houses. He said, you're going to have houses here. And you're going to have friends. I mean, you got more friends now than you ever had in your life. Even before you got in the church, you got more friends than you ever had. A friend is somebody that sticks with you and stays with you when things get going tough. Jesus is your friend. He said, now, plus that, he went on to say, plus that, you're going to have eternal life. Everybody ought to give the Lord a good hand clap. I have eternal life. I have eternal life. Praise God. I have new homes. I have new things in this world in my life while I'm here. But I have eternal life. Have eternal life. The good things of God. Hallelujah. Jesus made Judas the treasure who kept disciples' money. Now, would you chosen Jesus to be the take care of your money knowing he was a thief? Sister, do you work in the bank? Would you choose him to work in the bank if you knew he was a thief? You don't have to say anything. But I want you to know that Jesus chose him to be a thief. And all those years he stole from the treasury. And Jesus never corrected him because he knew there's a plentifulness. The devil can't steal anything from you that the Lord can't return more than abundantly. Job said, though these skin worms, his thorns said they pulled skin worms out of his body 18 inches long, eating up his flesh. He said, though they eat up my flesh, I'm going to be praising the Lord. I'm going to be giving thanks to the Lord because 
he's good to me. Some people say, well, he was really good yesterday, but he's he good today. Not only today, if you're here tomorrow, he's going to be good tomorrow. He's going to bless you in everything you need. How many know that you probably blessed more than what you ever needed? I know Peggy and I are. We, we, we got too much now. We got, I talked to a guy here some time ago in Dallas on the phone. I said, how you doing? He said, well, I'm not doing too good. He said, I'm a hit among all this stuff of mine. He said, I'm like Saul. I'm just hit among the stuff. That's the way we are. We're overflowing with stuff. God wants us to overflow with abundance. Abundance. Our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, I guess, we got tubs. What, they're that big around, aren't they? About that big around, about, about that deep. We got three of them. They're so full of stuff. And they'll grab one out and play with it and go get another. And first thing you know, they got all that stuff scared everywhere and hadn't played with anything, really. We're so full of stuff, but we need to be free of our stuff, be free to serve God and worship God. I'm talking about the worry and the cares of this world should not be bogging us down. There's a deliverer that's in our lives. He's stronger than anything we come up against. Book of Judges said that the warriors were so accurate they used a sling that was their number one weapon. What David used to knock down Goliath? The sling with what? They were so good they could hit a hair so many feet away. A lot of times we want a lot of things from God and we haven't done very little to get them. God wants us to be accurate in what we're doing for the kingdom of God. He wants you to be so blessed. Jesus, as many, had such abundance, such overflow of funds, whatever Satan would steal, he'd just put it back more. The book of Joel said, whatever the enemy has stolen, the canker worm, the wood worm, the chewing worm, Whatever he has stolen from you, I will restore it more back to you. We need to be alive, active in the kingdom of God. His delight is to give us the kingdom of God. He longs to give us the kingdom of God. I'm not being, I hope that come out right about them grandkids. We're so blessed we can help them. Amen. Amen. I remember when I was a kid coming up, it was a treat to get an orange or an apple for Christmas. That's all we got. We didn't think nothing about it. I was talking to someone yesterday or something. Uh, well, I believe it was yesterday. I said, well, I, my mother let us go barefooted first day of April, April Fool's. She never would let us go barefoot until then. Then we went barefooted nearly the fall. She said, then I said, we walked to school barefooted. She said, you what? I said, we walked to school. You didn't have no shoes to go to school. You carried your shoes and put them on and you got to school. And I said, we walked to school barefooted. Said, well, I'm glad for shoes. 
We ought to be so thankful what God has given us. But he wants to give you more than you can imagine in the spirit world. He wants your overflow so abundantly that you can just let it flow out. Let it flow out. Glory to God. Let us all today lay hold of the kingdom of God and his willingness to give us all that we need today. You need the Holy Ghost, he'll give you the Holy Ghost. You need health, he's paid the price for your health. He's paid the price for everything, for your financial needs. The young son at home in Luke, he came to his father one day. He said, I want my inheritance. I want you to give me all of my inheritance. Now, somebody tell me right quick what the father say. The father is Jesus Christ there. He represents Jesus Christ. And this young son came to him and said, do what? What did he say? I want you to know you got the same ability, same authority, same Christ. All we need, I, I'm, I'm so believe right now that if we would just ask and believe God, we cannot imagine what God would flow into our lives. Our inheritance is not heaven yet, but our inheritance of abundance is while we're here on this earth. Abundance. 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 I hear and read a lot of criticism sometime about these. And one of them, they, they criticize about these preachers preaching about money. But I would encourage you to look up and see how many millions they're giving to the foreign people that's starving and hungry. I say they're giving millions, just millions and millions. God has no shortage. He has no emptiness. He has nothing but to overfill our lives with abundance. Abundance of joy. Abundance of joy. God created the bee. He told this bee, now here's what your mission is. I've created a bunch of flowers. I want you to fly around to them flowers. And y'all ever seen a bee at flowers? And they just fly from one flower to the next. Is that right? He said, now I want you to build you a cone. And I want you to fill that cone up with honey. Are y'all with me? He said, I got a men and women that loves honey. And so all they got to do is reach in there and get that honey. What God is telling us, he provided for us things that we don't even know and realize. And all we're going to have to do is start reaching in there and getting a hold of it. It's God's good pleasure and his good will to give you what is yours while you're here on this earth. Amen. I read some time ago this woman was a bag woman. Y'all know what that is in New York City? She walked the streets every day pushing a, a grocery cart, just wore rags, went through the dumpsters and everything. She died, and they found out where she lived. She lived in a, a high-expense mansion suite, had sacks and sacks, most of millions of dollars in sacks there. See how blessed she was and didn't know it. How I many know we're blessed sometimes and don't even know it? We don't really know how blessed we are. God has provided that bee, the intelligence to make honey for you, and all you got to do is just reach in there and get it. He's got such things stored up for us we cannot even imagine. If I could only imagine, 
what the good things that God has for us life. I mean, he's looking for things to really get rich in your life. Your spirit to get rich. Your health to get rich. Your mind get rich. Praise God. I believe the Lord wants us to have his mind. It tells us to have the mind of Christ. Think like he thinks. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't, glory to God. It's his good pleasure. Is any parent, maybe I ought to put it grandparent, you got any kid or grandparent to come to you and ask you for something, if you had the ability to do it, what would you do? Now, I saw Rhonda Elliott yesterday down at Price's with two grandchildren. She wanted two sacks, 40 pounds of sackcrete. I don't know what she was going to do with them, but she pulled out that card and stuck it in that little old machine. Ask me this. Let me ask you this question. Are you ready to answer this? You get a letter through the mail tomorrow with a card in there and said, we had just put a billion dollars in your bank, and this is your card, and you can go down there and get it as the amount that you want any time. What would you do? Come on. What would you do? Hello. What would you do? Would you go down there in the morning with that card and stick that thing in there and punch your pin number in there and see what it would spit out? That's the same thing that God told the bee. I want you to work for my people and produce honey so when they need it, it's available to them. Listen, church, what God has provided for us is already there, and all we need is to lay hold on what God has said is ours and do not walk in unbelief and fear and worry and doubt. Believe that God said what he's going to do and watch him do it. Good pleasure. Isn't it a wonderful thing to watch your grandkids open their Christmas present, tearing that paper off of there, and you want to help them? I want to do it. Just leave me alone. I'll do it. So excited. We need to get excited about what God has for us and his willingness to give us to us. Have y'all noticed anything different from Kelly and Linda Hill this morning? And Diane Wilkerson, have y'all noticed anything looking at them different? I told her this morning, I said, I don't know what to call you because I don't know what they named you yet. But you tell us something glowing there. Listen, the Holy Ghost will put something glowing in your spirit. It'll make your heart glow. The Bible said in their flesh was radiated. Our flesh needs to represent Christ in here, the hope of glory. The wonderful things of God. We're blessed going in and what? Blessed coming out. Amen. Prayer is man's means of touching God. Of touching God. The scripture relates on occasion where a vast crowd surrounded Jesus. Your miracles in your mouth our miracles come by speaking, by speaking. So, Jesus declared, someone touch me. For she had said before she touched him what was going to happen. But Jesus said, someone touch me. 
disciples said, How do you know that? So many touching you. But Jesus said, Somebody has touched my ability. Listen, you can touch Christ, but he wants you to touch his ability. Many gathered around and pushed against him, but only one touched his ability to give and touched him in such a way the power came out of him and came into her. God wants us to touch his ability that he has to give us these things of God. When he said, no, no, now listen, someone has demanded of my ability to come into their lives. They touched with such a demand. You know, the word ask in the Greek means to command. It means to command. Touched, and she did what? Come on. When she touched, what happened? She touched the ability to God. You say, well, that's just one. Is it hard for God to save by one or by few? There's several places in the New Testament where people touched him, multitudes touched him, Mark 14, 35, and 36. As many as touched him, they were immediately healed. They touched his ability, his power. And when they did, it just flowed out. It's God's good pleasure to flow out into our lives. You say, well, that was Jesus. Acts 5, it was the same thing with Peter. Only thing his shadow touched. God wants us to get so anointed when we walk by people, they know that we've been there. Amen? They think, what was that? What was, it? what was that? He did it for Peter. You said, well, that Peter was apostle. We're apostles and prophets chosen by God. God wants that to operate in us abundantly. Abundantly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying in St. John seven thirty five, if any man thirst, let him come to me. And let him drink. Are you thirsty this morning? Are you thirsty for something different? Are you dissatisfied with a life of routine? You want a fresh anointing. He said, if you're thirsty, if you'll come, I'll fulfill your thirst. I will satisfy your thirst. Anytime we come to Christ hungry for something, he satisfies our thirst. He satisfies our needs. Let us press all with a mindset to touch his ability, to do what he wants to do with us today. How many know that today is the day of salvation? The day is your accepted hour. Day is your moment that God wants to pour out his blessings in abundance in your life. Second Chronicles uh, Second Corinthians said, 3 and 5 said, Paul said, not that we're sufficiency of ourselves. There's no person of sufficiency of self. He said, but our sufficiency is of God. 
It is God alone that does that, the wonderful things of God. An old Puritan priest said this, or once proclaimed, Prayer is a cannon set at the gates of heaven and blasts open its gates. Now, he said, prayer is like setting a cannon at the gates of heaven and just blasts them open. Genesis 7 and 11 said, when God had shut the door of the ark, when he shut the door, when Noah and all of his family were saved, he opened the windows of heaven and the flood came. Listen, when we pray, God will open the floodgates of heaven and the floods come in our lives, flowing continuously in our lives. You're blessed every day with the presence of God. Teach us to do what? Pray. Pray with faith. Pray with expectation. Something good is happening every day all around us. God bless you for being here today. I know you enjoyed it. So starting today, in the morning you get up, you pray for the Sunday school teachers. You pray for all the teachers on Wednesday night. Pray for all the youth down there that what they got down at the youth will maintain here. Maintain here. It will not die out. It takes the breath of God to keep it alive. God wants, we used to sing a song, it's the Holy Ghost and fire doing what? Keeping me alive. And God is never changing. He's always present. He's never on vacation. Keeping me alive. Prayer produces power. Now, Jesus received the Holy Ghost. He had that in his life. But we find in the scripture for him to have the power kept alive, he had to pray. Had to pray. Sometimes he'd pray all night. Sometimes he'd, in a prayer meeting, healing the sick and everything, he'd slip out into the night and pray because he could feel his power dwindling for him. He knew to get renewed, he has to pray. We got a 95 Chevrolet pickup down in the barn. Hardly ever drive it. Battery run down on it. Had to put a charger on it. And sometimes it wants to crank too well. It go, and the guy said, what you need to get you a trickle charger. I said, what in the world is a trickle charger? So I went down there and asked the people. I said, what is a trickle charger? They said, well, we'll just set you one. It's a little old charger you can put on there, plug it into the electricity, and hook it up to anything. It keeps that battery hot. You go down in there and put that key in that thing and just touch it. <laughs> Listen, we need a trickle charger. Come on now. We need to be hooked up with the kingdom of God. 
We need to have Brother Ken mention this morning. We need to get off the party line and have a direct line just through him and him. Hallelujah. So when you touch that button, pop, your engine cranks up. Amen. You start to running smooth. So if, you, if your battery's not hot, go get you a trickle charger. I'm telling you, it'll work. God bless you being here today. Keep charged up. Stay on fire. Glory to God.